In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey guys, welcome to the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast. I'm Don Maeda, joined by Chase Curtis, and we have Michael Antonovich on the phone. It is the Wednesday after Anaheim 1, and what a hell of an Anaheim 1 it was. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Probably one of the best ones we've had in quite some time. Yeah, I think, uh, man, I mean, what, they, did they say it sold out? It was a sold out capacity uh Anaheim one again. It had to be. It had to be close to sold out. There were so many people there. Like everywhere you looked out from the stadium floor, and even the top bowls was completely sold out. And uh, shout out to Buttery for buying all of Section Four Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even on TV, it looked like the stadium was just packed. That's yeah. good. But uh, but yeah. yeah, there was some uh, great racing action. Uh, so uh, I guess we should preface this by saying. Uh, a Wednesday edition of the Kickstart podcast is quite odd, but we have been slammed since uh, since Anaheim won. Because Anton, you had a crazy travel day back mm-hmm. home, and uh, well, let's, let's see. So we were up. We got Anton. And I got home from uh, Angel Stadium of Anaheim. I think we got back to my house in Corona at like twelve thirty, one o'clock. And uh, you know, Anton's working on race report photos, and I was doing how was your weekend interviews. <laughs> at one point we're sitting here at the kitchen table and i'm sleeping sitting straight up and down and i like, wake up and i look over at him and he's sleeping in his chair too but the thing that woke me up was you know when sometimes you fall asleep and you go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh so yeah so we we got to bed i got to bed at 3 15 3 30 i think you stayed up till five anton yeah and, and i'm typically I, too excited yeah i woke up at uh you know, eight o'clock and headed down to uh, Rock and Road Mission Viejo for the specialized uh, A1 ride days, mountain bike ride. Shot that, came home, was pretty much worthless the rest of the day. And then uh, Monday I had to go meet uh, Brock Tickle at the Supercross track and uh, help him shoot some poster photos and some collateral for FXR. And uh, yeah, it's just been busy. So Bob Weber at 60 Helmets, please excuse our two-day tardiness, but uh, last time it'll happen. <laughs> so, so hey, uh, Anton, should we, what should we do? Should we dissect the results? Uh, I don't know, because there is so many results. Maybe we just go through who has been most notable of the weekend, yeah. and then maybe we, because we're already to this point, let's look ahead to St. Louis, because... There's a lot more to look at towards the future than there was from last weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I think regardless, um, I think for, for me, from press day, from that point on, or even from like a couple weeks ahead when I saw Barsha riding at the Yamaha track, I was like, dude, he's mellowed out. Like he's he's smoothed out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's funny because I watched him doing some starts at the Yamaha track and he did two styles. He did one where it was like super low RPM and I was like, uh, he's going to stall when he dumps a clutch. But anyway, um, talking with Barsha, you know, before Anaheim won, 
And he's like, oh, yeah, I figured out that I don't have to ride all psycho <laughs> to go fast. But, um, you know, then press day, man, he looked fantastic on press day. I so think both good. you guys agree, right? Yeah, him mm-hmm. and even AC looked really good press day. Tuan, do you know if they were able, because I know you had an interview with Barsha uh, overseas about the bike preference and whatnot. Do you know if they were able to change that for him quite a bit? Is he riding so, a stalker bike? It's mostly stock. I think there's, um, from what I've heard, there's just a little bit of motor work done just like some porting and polishing maybe just to clean up the flow in the engine mm-hmm. and then uh, ignition mapping and then pro circuit pipe because it's a team sponsor. But aside from that, it doesn't sound like too, too gnarly. And if you were able to stand on the side of the track and really listen to him, he's revving the hell out of that. Yeah. Thing. Like yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a 250 out there. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I did talk to him uh, in the pits before the night show and I said, so, Hey, you talked to Anton at uh, Paris. And told him you want to race a stock bike. Like, are you racing a stock bike? And he goes, oh, no, it's not stock. But what he was able to do was start stock and test things as he was putting them on um, rather than being handed this Just full factory, factory bike, bike. Yeah. and trying, mm-hmm. to, trying to detune it and make it uh, suit him better. Gotcha. So that's mm-hmm. one thing he did say. He said, oh, no, it's far from stock, but it is tuned how I want it. You know, I chose what mm-hmm. went on it mm-hmm. and chose every setting. So, um yeah, I thought he looked fantastic, like, all weekend. And uh, it's funny, uh, like, Anton and I were joking about it, but I I posted a picture I got of him uh, while the LCQs were going on on my Instagram, and I just wrote Silky because yeah. I was like, oh, he's winning. And yeah. I put a picture of him. And, uh, like, I, I certainly was not surprised to see him repeat his Anaheim win. Mm-hmm. Um, when he When he messed up and since Cirilla took the lead, I kind of thought it was all over. Yeah, as did I, yeah. Um, but he uh, he stayed on it, and, and Adam bobbled, and, and he got it back. So, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think guys think he's going to pull off more this year? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this really wasn't, like, that big of a surprise because he won last year. And then mm-hmm. the first year that he was on Yamaha, I mean, by the time the series left California, he was in a really good spot in points. So, he started the last three seasons out really well. It's just those past two, he's been injured. Mm-hmm. You know, that first year with Yamaha, when the bike was closest to stock for him in the past, uh, and he said he liked that one quite a bit, much more than last year, he said that he felt that I was riding really well, and then he gets landed on at Dallas, and the whole thing goes sideways, yeah. and then he misses all that time. And then last year, he said that Yamaha has just wanted to make this, like, brute force powerhouse of a bike for so long, and it started catching up with him because he's not able to ride it to his level. You know, you get a little yeah. whiskey, and then, boom, you blow up. And he hid that whole last part of the season last year completely battered up. Like, mm-hmm. when he was in Nashville, he was just completely destroyed by that point. Yeah. So I think if you get through these California races and we get to Tampa and the first East Coast races, I and he's in a good spot, yeah, he could really be a title-contending guy. I even said just as much on that Supercross preview show. I think that this is his time, and he's really, really happy away from the bike and everything like that. So I think he's finally found all those pieces to put together and make it a, a really good title run for once. And even winning Anaheim not being a chaotic mud race this year, like that's got to boost his confidence even more knowing he beat them straight up. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and like start to finish beat them straight up because yeah. he was good in qualifying all day, was mm-hmm. great in his heat race. And then if you watch how that race went, like, yeah, he did have a sketchy moment, but dude, look how many guys went off the track on yeah. Saturday night. That one Like, rhythm, I don't know. Like, if, yeah. I don't know if it was because it was narrow or if it was because it was slick because, like, 
me and Don were looking at the tough locks on the track. It, it was slick out there. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, okay, so Adam, I, I don't think him running up front was a surprise to anybody. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking for big things from that guy this year. I just hope he uh, he doesn't get injured because yeah. um, he's one of those guys that seems to uh, get hurt when he hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, do you think that he kind of played it coy these last few weeks and downplayed the expectations? Like if you read our interview with him, that podcast – uh, Eric Johnson did an interview with him. Like, he never made it seem like, yeah, I'm going to come in and kill it. He just tried to put expectations super low, so that was not so overwhelming. Because I think if he doesn't finish that well and he comes in like, yeah, I was the Monster Cup winner, then people get a little concerned. You know, I think a lot of that probably has to do with Nick. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick's, yeah. Nick's influence on him because Nick is a super humble guy and you know lot, likes to just let his uh, work on the track show. Yeah. But yeah, um, I agree. but yeah, I mean, man, it was awesome. It was so awesome to see a new, like, front runner guy. Yeah, in the 450 mm-hmm. class. And those guys, they battled like clean, and it was cool to see them at the end, like, like just both stoked. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Did um, did you watch the GoPro stuff yet? Because that really shows like how close those guys are and trustworthy of they each other they are. Because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they did try to run it in on each other after each of them made a mistake just to salvage a position. Yeah. But there was never any, like, super sketchy racing between either of them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's another thing Barsh said. He's always a little too early in the season to be doing shit like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that frame of AC's GoPro where if you pause it just right, Barsh is, like, directly under him. That is insane. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh Cooper being sick, because you talked to him on uh, Friday at press day, and you said he was all good, right? Yeah, that was like, I didn't know about it until way later in the night. I didn't get to go to the pits that much on Saturday, because Don covered that while I did photos for inside the stadium. But So I didn't know he was sick. I knew a couple other guys didn't feel well, so that was really sudden from Friday night to Saturday morning. Yeah, but he was wrecked. Well, you know what? I wonder if it's an Alden's guys thing. Cause, uh, I think so. Cause, uh, or just all those. Zach was messed up, too. And Dean, yeah. Dean was sick Probably as well. all those, He sounded terrible in your How Was Your Weekend, man. Oh, he okay. looked, like, completely drained. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, big one for Cooper. Yeah, that was impressive. I think that's how he, he ended up winning the title. He was just, like, the mm-hmm. quiet guy that finishes finishes uh, towards the front of the pack and doesn't really mm-hmm. have a bad race. Makes the best of his bad nights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was uh, was in the KTM rig waiting for him to get that How Was Your Weekend uh, at the end of the night. And Roger came in. He was like, uh, I thought we were getting like 15th. So <laughs> that was a big statement ride for Cooper. Yeah. Um, who surprised you, Anton, uh, as far as surprised you is surprisingly bad or not up to par? Uh, it's hard to say. I Roxon said, you know, suspension issues. And if you watch the – bike over again like it's pretty obvious that there are suspension issues hold on one second um because it is so stiff like mm-hmm. his bike is really stiff and it doesn't track well through the whoops like if you rewatch the gopro stuff cooper is able to go right by him because he's able to skim or ken's like trying to hop everything mm-hmm. so hopefully he gets that stuff figured out because it's so early in the season that uh it's hard to judge like is he sick is there still some issues was this just one bad night like what is it and justifiable reason to have your suspension tuned so stiff. 
I would say the biggest surprise, though, was Tomac because, mm-hmm. you know, in the past he's been dicey at Anaheim 1. It's not like he's come out and just completely not been a contender. Usually he's in the mix and then something happens and then he falls backwards in the results. Dude, this one wasn't even that. And it wasn't a terrible ride, but he just wasn't where you would expect him to be. Like, decent starts, got in pretty good in the heat race and everything like that, had that run in with Malcolm uh, to get, you know, in the, into the main event. But then main event just never seemed like he got going. I heard that he had some arm pump issues and told the team, like, hey, give me a little bit and I'll be up to speed. So maybe it's not anything big and good to get through Anaheim with not 17th place results, just get what you got. Yeah, I mean, he's not so this, coming back from some gigantic deficit like he has in the past, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll just be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, biggest surprise, though, like, Hart ride was Plessinger because that was not looking great there in that heat race when he got hurt. Yeah. His uh, ankle got run over again. And the bad ankle, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was kind of surprised. What do you think? Or what do you hear, Anton? Do you hear anything about the Cowie guys, the chemistry between adam and tomac now that adam comes in and he's a legitimate front runner nothing really too bad because cowie's been in this position before you know Mm -hmm. they've had like two really good guys i think that expectations for this year from japan down are just to let adam like learn you Mm -hmm. know figure it out however good you are is great you know we're not expecting you to be a title contender guy right off the bat uh, I think all the pressure is still on Eli. He just has to make that thing happen. And those guys seem completely apart. Like John and Eli want to stay together. So yeah. that the whole family thing is right there. Eli has his bus. He stays in that. You know, he comes in, gets with the team when he needs to. Whereas Adam is like based in the Cowie truck, just like Sabachi was and like Weimer was and Josh Grant was. Yeah. So he has all the attention of the team on his side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cowie having two crew chiefs, having two mechanics, having a pretty big split between everything, even having two people in like a team manager rank with Bruce Sternstrom and then Dan Fahey, like there's enough attention to go around. It's not like one guy gets more than the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I do know that uh, in the off season, I, I, I think that they were very rarely at the same track together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, cause there was one day when I, I shot and Tomac was at K3 and driving home, I saw Adam was at K1 and mm-hmm. you know, so, I mean, <laughs> how crazy is it? Kawasaki has the track off the side of the freeway at Wyrick. They have, they've got K2 up in the hills, and now they took over the Suzuki track. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. They took over the Husky track, so that's K3. Plus, they have mm-hmm. the two tracks at Glen Helen. Well, Pro Circuit does, but they have, I'm sure, access to that as well. Yeah, and I wonder if mm-hmm. Adam is going to work out a deal with Tedder again to keep riding the Supercross track in Elsinore. Is I, that track still there? Yeah, Tedder was riding. Oh, yeah, today. is that track still there? Yeah, he was riding today and yesterday. Huh. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's a lot of tracks. Yeah, I think yeah. it's cool how uh, I, I'm really happy for Nick mm-hmm. and, and the success he's mm-hmm. enjoying with Adam, and how he's branched off into McAdoo as well. Yeah. Um, we were at. Uh, I was at the uh, Pro Circuit track at Glen Helen today, and uh, Nick was there with with Mikado. And they were working together, and it's cool to see, cool to see Nick uh, established, if you would, as one of the trainer guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other big thing too for Nick that's cool is like he gets it. He's seen all of the things that other guys have done in the past, 
good and bad. And so like Adam is this perfect science experiment for him to take all that knowledge and just inject it directly into Mm -hmm. Like really. There's not two guys more well-read on the sport and like everything that's happened in the last 20 years of supercross than Adam and Nick. So they know all the good and the bad that's happened and they know what to avoid. Mm -hmm. Hey uh, guys, let's take a quick break to hear from our wonderful sponsors that make this possible, but I will be back for more. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Inchingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, Being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. Welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart podcast. Uh, Don Maeda, Mike Antonovich, and Chase Curtis here with you. And uh, hey, let, let's let's take a second to, to talk about 6D a little bit. Our buddy Bob Weber over at uh, 6D Helmets, who uh, changed the way that we all think about motocross helmets. Um, so when Fox took over the Geico Honda team, that left Bob without a premier team. I mean, I'm, I don't even know who's wearing a 6D in say 450 class in Supercross now or 250 class because yeah. even the HEP Suzuki guys are wearing that new Thor helmet now. But yeah. I've told Bob in the past, I don't think you need a top race team to sell your helmet because the yeah. helmet, the proven technology, the safety, and the want to protect the most important part of your body mm-hmm. should motivate people to invest in that helmet in the first place. I know one thing, that's the most popular helmet at the Swap Motor Race Series. For yeah, sure. for sure, especially yeah. in the little mm-hmm. classes because – and that's what tells you, like, if you're a parent and you're buying a helmet for your little kid, yeah, of course you want to protect their head with the best helmet you can get, right? Exactly. So, boom. That's why all the kids on 50s and 60s are in 60s. Like, at the mini major, we had that painted 60 to give away, that the yep. mini major paint job. No shit, man. Like, most of the kids were in 60s, and there yeah. was no cheeseball helmets in the 50 and 60 classes, and I was stoked about that. Yeah. So, it's the adults who should know better that are spending – Twelve hundred dollars on a pipe, and then buying a hundred dollar, a hundred dollar uh, <laughs> shoebox helmet, right? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, if you've been living under a cave and don't know about sixty helmets, please visit sixtyhelmets.com and learn more. There's a pretty badass video that breaks down the technology there. So, all right. That being said, Tuan, your hair looks good on this Facetime, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna get it cut tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to do like the skinhead cut anymore. Yeah. Are you going to do any of the right racing now. stripes on the side? I am. Yeah? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, 250 class. Man, that was pretty awesome between Forkner and Cooper. And, uh, you know, it's funny. I I think in, in How Was Your Weekend or the press conference, did, did Austin say that he overreacted to Cooper's pass? Yeah, in the press conference yeah. he did. He did. Okay, because today when I was with Forkner – Mm-hmm. He said, I got taken out. I got cleaned out in the heat race, and I yeah. was pissed. So he's kind of going back and forth a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he doesn't there, know right? how he feels, I don't think. Yeah. I asked uh, Austin about his kill-em-all butt patch today. 
and uh he says oh well i really like metallica and that was the name of their first album so that's why i went there but but i want to kill everyone on the track anyway so <laughs> so uh anton remember that kevin windham interview a long time ago when he told me that when he's on the line he hates everyone like, <laughs> no one on the track yes. is his friend so i was yes. like hey so is that what you you know is that the kind of mentality that you have when you're out there and he's all yep that's it he's especially <laughs> after i got cleaned out that's pretty damn obvious yeah. like for you and me, uh, we talked about this the other day, like on the way to the track Friday. Had we not known like who Star was going to put on the bike uh, next to Ferrandis, I'm like, dude, if it's Cooper, it's going to be a bloodbath between those two. Mm-hmm. And Ferrandis too. Like Dylan is not going to take shit from anybody, regardless of who it is. So he's going to bang bars. Like those are three of the most fired up guys that you could find. Mm-hmm. Not that they're dirty or anything like that, but they're going to race you hard for every spot. Yeah. So I think. Do you think that the season is going to boil down to those three guys contesting for the wins? Do you see anyone yeah. else? I see. I, I mean, Christian impressed me a lot. Yeah. I got to say, he he looked really good. So I don't know how yeah. far they've come with that bike. I've heard they've done quite a bit to the motor. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how he progresses if he gets more used to it. or yeah. I, I, think, I, just, I, think, I think he needs good. to get meaner. Yeah. A little uh, more aggressive. A little yeah. more aggressive. But, yeah, you can never yeah, count Christian Yeah, especially against out. those three. Mm-hmm. Especially with Christian being faced with potentially not racing mm-hmm. and getting the new lease on his career with you know the the favorable ruling, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I, I'd like to see him get up there as well. Yeah, but uh, okay, yeah. so so we got Ferrandis, Cooper, uh, Forkner, Craig. Who else do you see that could sneak in a win here and there? Do you think McAdoo could? I would love to see that. <laughs> I mean, these guys, there are a lot of guys that could that have, like, the raw speed to do so. But then again, like, a couple of them have never podium consistently. So that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, that would be, I think, the triple crown. There could be a triple crown where some chaos happens and a guy like Moseman or McAdoo or Hartraft, like, really benefits. Mm-hmm. And then you have Alex Martin, who's won before. So mm-hmm. it's like, he knows what to do. He just has to have everything fall his way. And nothing went Alex's way on Saturday night. Yeah. Speaking of Alex, did you see the Troll Train vlog episode one? I saw it, but I didn't yeah. click on it yet. He, he started vlogging. It's pretty cool. You know what's cool <laughs> is seeing him and Jeremy interact and Jeremy just talk shit to him. It's, it's pretty cool. But, uh, but yeah, man, I think the West Coast is stacked. Right? It's super stacked, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So... You know, I got that DM on uh, on Monday. A uh, a French friend of mine. Oh, we're going here. Kind of tra- translated <laughs> a little bit of an interview that Dylan did with uh, LeBig, and it uh, it sounds like um, it sounds like uh, yeah. It Dil- reminded me a little bit of my favorite movie. Which is that? Talladega Nights. Ah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Hey, we lost Anton here. Let's take a quick break and get him back. Okay, we're live again. Anton's uh, amazing iPhone 2 battery died. <laughs> that Steve Jobs update just kills that battery. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so we were talking about, uh, you know, the little DM I got with the translation of Dylan's LeBig USA interview. Mm. So has, oh. it, has it hit the vital shit show yet? No, I don't... 
I don't think Vital, like, I don't think anybody over there pays money to join the big subscription site. Well, and here's the thing, because I, I, asked, I asked Wilbur about it today. I go, hey, do you hear, you hear like, some of the quotes that uh, Dylan said about Justin? And he said, oh, yeah, I've heard about it. He said, I read, oh, wow. I read about it. And I said, oh, has it hit Vital? And I think he said, yeah. But anyway, hmm. you know what? Wasn't there a situation like that with DV where he was talking crap on uh, McGrath? Really? Because I uh, remember there was a quote that was like, oh, he's always got to have something special, like Chaparral Suzuki. Like he was talking crap on McGrath having his own special teams to suit his own needs or something. Hmm. Yeah, mm. And I remember the translation got back to the U.S. and it blew up on – it was it was Moto – Moto Talk. Not Moto Talk. What, what was – Moto Drive. Mm. Drive. Oh, the OG. Guy, wow. yeah. book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, – um, I don't, I don't remember that, but like, I think that a lot of things too, like most of the time, yeah, I think people know what they say. So not defending anybody, but then at the other thing too, I think in the past, especially stuff got lost in translation mm-hmm. and that makes like the European American thing, like even more disconnect. Yeah, right. uh, if Dylan <laughs> does mean things like he's, he's smart enough now that he knows and he's been here long enough and sees how things are. So he's a direct guy. Yeah. And I, he's another one of those guys that doesn't take shit and he says what he means. Yeah. And he's never hidden that he's not like part of that click over there. Not yeah. negative click, but he'd like look at the DV trainer thing up until this year, didn't drive a Toyota Escondido truck. If anybody asked him about it, he got super pissed about it. Yeah. yeah. So, well, he's got his truck now. It was funny <laughs> yeah. because I was, I was at Toyota Escondido and we were doing the planning and they're like, Man, we gotta give Ferrandez a truck because he's the guy who delivered, right? Mm-hmm. He but, got uh, the Mookie special too. Did he get a brown one? Is it exactly same dude. Oh, I'm graphics, pissed. yeah, yeah. I get stuck with the silver one. Or is it Sandstorm? Yeah, I want the <laughs> yeah sand desert sand desert or something. Sand, is what it's called? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. Did you see that dark green one that was on the stadium floor? Yeah, the army green. It's a new color. That looked good. Nice. Yeah, that looked good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky to have a Toyota Escondido truck, so I'll, I'll drive a pink one if they give it to me. I don't care. <laughs> don't yeah, risk I don't it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so uh, so anyway, getting back to this. And, and now, I don't think this is a Google Translate poor translation, right? Because No, Laura's I think he's French. Like legitimately pissed. Yeah, she says, what did, you, what did it say? It says, yes, I'm so stoked I got beat by my teammate who doesn't even know how to ride Supercross. He totally stops in the Yamaha track. He doesn't know how to take the whoops. And he beat me the day of the race. Ooh, man. I mean, at least the, the, the thing is, is that's his true emotions. Yeah. You know, he's not talking mm-hmm. shit. He's like, oh, dude, I get beat. And that's what we want. Yeah, I get yeah. beat by my teammate who, who can't even ride Supercross on the, during the week. And he yeah. beats me on race day, right? Yeah. That's good. I'd rather have that than like my Dunlop tires hooked up great. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, too, like... It was a LeBig interview. LeBig and Dylan are tight because it's the only French media, the same way that LeBig has always been tight. So it's not like knowing their rapport with each other because I do the interviews with them side by side. Mm -hmm. Like LeBig is always joking with Dylan. So he probably like teed that up as like, hey, how's it feel? And Dylan in like a moment of like, well, I don't have to lie to this guy. I can say whatever I want to (laughs) say. He said what he wanted to say because he's always told LeBig everything he's ever thought. Yeah. So that's probably really what it's based in too. But fucking good, like good on him because yeah. they they don't like each other. I think that comes across pretty clear. They don't make it a point to be friendly, but they don't ruin each other on the track. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, at, at the same time, I mean, what's wrong with a little bit of rivalry within the same team, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Make nothing. each guy better. I love it. Yeah. So. And maybe, and like as we were talking about the Cowie thing, what if that becomes the thing that later on? Like, what if that is how we get the best out of Eli? Is you give him somebody that's on his pace and he has to step up all the time. Yeah. You know, and if you read that interview that I did with Brad Hoffman on Friday before the race, Brad's like, it's kind of weird if you put a really good guy alongside your championship contender because that's a guy taking away points. So maybe Dylan knows that too and is like, okay, great. Now it's already a guy that we don't get along that well, and now we're going to do this against each other for a title. Mm-hmm. Like it's the perfect storm of like tension that could happen. Dylan wants to stay by himself. He'll do that. Him and DV will be on their own. Gareth and Cooper will be on their own, and it'll be epic every Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. You know what was cool is uh, how pumped Justin Cooper was about winning his first race, and even more so about it being at Anaheim One. Right? We talked mm-hmm. to him at we talked to him on the uh, the Fly Racing podcast earlier this week, but uh, that was cool. I mean, because like I said to him, I go, "Dude, you're kind of known for being the Ice Man with no emotion." <laughs> yeah. You know, but he was so mm-hmm. stoked, and it was good to see that. Yeah. Hey, Don, you would be the person that would best get it, and Chase, you would understand too. Did it feel like this year's Anaheim had like a little bit more excitement, like an air to it, instead of it just being like back to Anaheim? Well, yeah, because it's yeah, Anaheim. I totally won. agree. Yeah, but no, but, but, like, but also but, because there is, and this is bad to say because like Cooper's the champion, right? But he's he even said like he's kind of coming as the underdog. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like there's so much hype about who could win or any, anyone could win. It's like it's always boring coming into a new year when you know who's going to win, right? Yeah. And like, dude, yeah, think of those RV dungeon years where you're just like, Bleh. oh, so boring. Here we go again. Yeah. yeah, one of those two guys. And yes, I'm only 20, and I've only been watching the sport for like 10 years. But last year was like the most exciting year of racing I remember seeing. And so I know that's going to – I have friends that were so stoked to go to A1 because they know it's going to be even better than last year possibly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so yeah. Forkner, uh, Forkner was cool today. He, he was pretty candid about things. He said as soon as he flubbed in that corner and, and jumped back on the bike and cut through those tough blocks, he's all, as soon as I was cutting through the tough blocks, I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> and then he looked back and he saw that he had, Dylan was coming, so he said he eased up, let Dylan back by. But, uh, you know, he, he said he finished the race out pretty much knowing he was going to get a penalty of some sort. Mm-hmm. But, uh at the same time, he's like, well, if, if I had known I was going to get docked anyway, I should have not let Dylan by, and then I could have ended up fourth instead of fifth. Yeah, that, and that's, I think that's one of those things, like him pointing that out and Bernard Kerr like doing all their things. Like We have to go through this rule book now and be like, yo, these are the guidelines that we don't deviate from, and it's not a new rule every weekend because now a guy's going to know, like, hey, if I race him a little bit harder, I can only lose one position and not time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because so, like in F1, it's a time penalty. It's not a position penalty. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Um, 250 class, any surprises, good or bad, for you, Anton? I'm pretty impressed by Derek Drake. Like, totally low-key, underrated guy. Like, yeah, factory KTM, but never done a Supercross race before. It's part of him. Yeah. Latched onto Hartraft, who's, like, the guy, like, team leader, and just followed him all the way through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good ride. Yeah, and then, he had a stressful day. Yeah, I must say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so he almost didn't make his first uh, Supercross heat race. 
he was relaxing in the rig and uh AMA official ran up and said, Hey, you're on the line. So they got geared up and <laughs> they didn't even check the bike. They just yeah, he got, pinned it over there. Got last gate pick in his heat. So the the uh for some reason they made the two fifty F guys go on the line before, sit on the starting nice. line before the opening ceremonies. Yeah. Did you notice that? I did, now that you think about that. They were on the starting line for one hour, like while all the opening ceremonies and everything happened. And and I know that there's quite a few teams that are pissed about that, and uh, I don't think it's going to happen like that again. Yeah. But, but yeah, like Forkner today was saying, dude, I'm usually still asleep when I was gearing up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm usually mm-hmm. still taking a nap. But instead, I'm gearing up to go sit on the starting line. So, like, think about that. Sitting there for an hour, how cold you get, especially – when you see how much the guys warm up these days, right? They get on the spin mm-hmm. bikes and yeah. break a sweat first and everything. So that was probably like, it could even be a little bit dangerous for those guys to uh, go straight into racing cold like that. Well, that and then bikes sitting there just, you know, not doing anything. You don't really know, like, when's the last time you warmed it up? Because while opening ceremonies are going on, you're not able to warm it up. You yeah. couldn't yeah. warm it up in the tunnel. Yeah. So, yeah, so Drake, uh, <laughs> Drake wasn't aware of this super early call down and he, uh, he barely made it to the heat race line, starting line. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. So think about it. Qualifying out of the heat from the worst pick on the gate, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good ride. Like, I didn't think of, I mean, a couple maybe like rookie sketchy moments, like maybe some get-offs or something there, but it wasn't like yard sale to bike ever or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, so our buddies uh, from uh, Penride Honda, uh, dude, Mitchell Oldenburg was riding really well in the main. I think he was fifth or sixth, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, right in front of me, McAdoo fell in the turn. And as he was picking his bike up, Mitchell was going around him, and they like he clipped his foot peg or something. And, dude, Mitchell got flung off the side of the bike. But, uh, you know, not a very good result for either of those guys, but I think that they're definitely capable of running towards the front of the pack. Mm-hmm. I, uh, if you look at the lap times, like Mitchell had the pace, like, it's not like that was, was a question. It was more so just like him getting where he needed to be. A heat race crash was Costello was just like freak incident. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of got out of shape. Rode great. Clout did great. You know, it's been a while since he's done a full ch- scale supercross, but down in Australia, he was showing really good speed. Um, both of those guys just need like really good one result and then they can start putting everything together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man. Yesterday, uh, I, I I think it's okay for us to talk about this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yesterday Mookie had a pretty big get off at the Supercross track, and uh, I know today he was at Doc G's and the cryotherapy tank, getting tuned up, try to get back to the races this weekend. But uh, I felt really bad for him because it's been almost one year to the day, right? Oh mm-hmm. gosh. But uh, thank God it wasn't worse. Um, I think him in ninth was uh, was a little disappointing for, for me, at least. I expected to see him further up front, but I think he was just so happy to be racing, and he got a terrible start. Mm-hmm. So he had to come through the pack. Uh, yeah, I don't know. How did he get such a bad start and freeze? He whole shots everything. Dude, right? Vince Eight. is on it. <laughs> uh, Malcolm hasn't had good starts the last two races. Yeah. Geneva wasn't good, and Paris wasn't good either. But um, that's something that he'll really need to work on, and 
have you noticed that like he he admits like yo i'm nervous like it's been a while since i've done this like i'm getting nervous doing this again yeah he said the same thing in canada he said the same thing in paris he said the same thing to you like he's still got some things to get through but it's Mm -hmm. good i'm glad that malk is okay and he'll be there this weekend yeah yeah so uh let's see what else all right so i you know obviously i've been spending a bunch of time with tickle (laughs) i'm looking forward to tampa man i I can't Mm -hmm. wait for that um yeah i shot uh Shot Tickle's autograph posters yesterday. His new his new setup is so legit. That A AEO Motorsports Husqvarna. Looks so good. Dude, badass. Yeah. Like I know I'm partial to backyard designs, but <laughs> that is S K D or how is a scooter? S D K K A, I think. What is it, Anton? Your buddies with that guy. Skidda? S K D A. Do they say it? Do they say Skidda? Or I think it's like that. He said it like one time, and I was like, "Okay, remember this." But then I was like trying to like take it all in. Oh, so, so. they pronounce it? They, they don't say SKDA. That's what I think. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Tickle says he gets graphics in like a matter of days. Shipped him from Australia. <laughs> Jeez. So that's that's what the guy told me. All the distribution, like all the printing, all the design happens in Australia. They ship anywhere in the world in forty eight hours. Wow, wow. That's, that's crazy. Like to your doorstep in forty eight hours. Yeah. So yeah, Tickle's bike looks super legit. Oh, his and, helmet. Uh, yeah, his helmet yeah, too. dude. Wow. Did you see the helmet? The the Carry Heart, mm-hmm. the Heart Luck CBD paint job. I mean, that's sick because I was thinking when when Tickle told me that Carry sponsored his helmet, I was thinking it was going to come back red and white like peppermint because yeah. that's the bottle. Yeah. But he said Heart said make it look however you want to make it look cool. The tagger just crushes it. Mm-hmm. Knocked that helmet out in a couple of days, but yeah, Tickle's helmet is badass. Yeah. And like, dude, that whole setup, like the white bike makes anything. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And he says he's going to, um, he's going to change his complimentary color on the graphics based on what FXR kit he's wearing each round. Oh, that'll be cool. Smart. Nice. So should be pretty cool. Yeah. I'm stoked for him. He seems like he's in a good place. He's in good shape. He's going really fast yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't wait. East Coast opener is going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be one of those guys like Christian that sees like how close you can get to not being able to do it anymore, and then you get to do it again, and you're just like, dude, there's nothing else I'd rather be at than set the track on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what happens if he crushes it, Tampa? Does Red Bull call him back? No, that, I don't. I don't. No. No. Because I think if they were going to hire him back, they would have done it to replace Mar, right? Yeah, Marv, but I think yeah. there's some. You can't hire a guy back that you fired. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Especially under those pretenses mm-hmm. i think that there's a lot to the, all of that uh so who knows but honestly though he if he puts together a good enough deal on his own like we're in an area that's pretty good like if you can be creative enough like look at tedder you know yeah. you have a factory bike you just get it flowed over to you a different way and you're not under the tent who's yeah. to say that that doesn't happen somewhere from someone down the future true true so okay so this weekend man st louis Anton, you're pumped. You only have to travel like pumped. a few minutes mm-hmm. to get there. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's a covered stadium. Yeah. I think the track layout looks sweet. But riders, mm-hmm. I talked to McAdoo about it last night, and he absolutely hates where they jump over the start. Mm. I think it looks I think it looks really good, and it looks much better than how they did it at Anaheim last year. But, oh, that yeah, crazy they, double. Yeah. They've done those a couple times. Um, the cool thing about those are usually they're like super punchy because they yeah. did it in New Jersey last year. So like you out, you rail the outside, you like rip, and you're like right over it. Yeah. 
No, so, but who knows? Because that was supposed to happen one year, and then they didn't do it, and they just turned them into wall jumps too. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, so it could be something like that. <laughs> and there's no sand. So, That'll be nice. Yeah. The yeah, good the thing about St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. The good thing about St. Louis, like if you talk to any racer that's done this before, this is for whatever reason the best dirt on the circuit. Uh, mm-hmm. Holds moisture real well, breaks down really well, but it doesn't get like sketchy Oakland dangerous where there's like dark potholes that you don't see uh-huh. so this could be a really really good one um for guys like dude you can come in with a perfect setup and really utilize it here because it's not going to go away or get blue groove or anything like that hmm. yeah hey anton at, at, at a supercross you know in the midwest where you're at are there mm-hmm. are is there a higher number of pickup kits in the in the pit? oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh yeah there is some good hey. there are some good pickup kits in anaheim you know, uh, uh, Roger and I saw a guy wearing a seven jersey, and we're like, "Oh, look mm-hmm. at that!" I saw like guy in like full KTM kit. Yeah, yeah. There is a there is an old dude. He's probably sixty, and he's wearing KTM Power Parts pants and jersey. Love it. Pants tucked in. Dude, I, I just want to know what possesses you to say, "Yeah, Maybe. this would be sick to wear my pants and jersey to the race." He's looking for a fill-in, dude. Oh, dog. No, 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 no. That's like that's streetwear now. Look at those Fox Supreme pants. Like yeah, my man was just rapper. trying to get on grailed. But the other thing is like maybe we don't hate on this that much now. I've been thinking a lot of thought about this. Like it's cool when you go to like football games and like yeah. you know, yeah. look, at, I've look at Raider Nation. That. Yeah. So maybe we, we do make like the black hole or something like that. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. Like I mean that guy was next level. I've never seen someone wearing pants also. Like matching pants. I won't say I've never seen someone. I've never seen someone over the age of 12. Yeah. 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 I've yeah. seen kids. Yeah. My man had white hair. That's I, interesting. I went straight up to him and was like, excuse me, sir. Is the rumor true that you're Marvin Muskens <laughs> fill-in rider at Red Bull KTM? And he just looked at me and goes, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Love it. So, so, okay. So if you are going to the St. Louis Supercross, I am issuing you this challenge. Outdo the guy in the pant and jersey. Maybe wear a helmet. Ooh. Oh, dude. Right. Goggles around the neck, dude. Where, where? They're going to do that anyway. No, no. Okay. Boots. Anton, you've got to – okay. If I've you seen see people somebody, in boots at the St. Louis Supercross. Like, do dudes wear the gear in to, to, to sneak into the pits? Could you do that? Could that work? Maybe. Bro, Kyle got a whole Papa John's pizza delivered to the stadium and took it in through the pits before, so I think you can pretty much get away with whatever at the stadium. Oh, okay. Mm. All right. Well, I'll tell you this. Okay, so, Anton, when you're there this weekend – this is the challenge we're putting out to our listeners. It's like, let's have someone outdo senior Muskan's pickup kit, pant jersey. Let's have someone wear a 6D helmet in the pits. Yes. Right? So if you see someone wearing a 6D helmet in the pits, Anton, you find them, you get their contact info, and we're going to send them a sweet prize. Yes. <laughs> I like this. Maybe even bring like a set of handlebars. Yeah. And hold on to them all day. Oh, I could see Anton talking, but I can't hear him. I think Man the dog can. stepped on his computer and hit the mute button, maybe. Because <laughs> I've seen the dog walk across his lap a couple times, you know? Nope, still don't hear him. Well, hey, uh, on that note, it sounds like uh, we're having more technical difficulties. This, is, this must be like the 447 show. Oh, there he is. Oh. And there we are. Full oh, of static, though, bro. I got. I'm getting new headphones uh, today, so okay. we're good. Oh, we'll sweet. throw these away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, on that note, let's wrap it up. 
Um, have a good time in St. Louis. It's your hometown. You only have to drive a couple minutes to get home. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I'm issuing the challenge to have Monday kickstart up before lunch Monday. Oh no! Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta go to the stadium on Sunday to shoot Supercross futures for a bit. Oh, but okay. but right, we'll right. be working on it. Don't and, uh, worry. You know we'll what I will do? I will say. I will tell Wilson and Dahmer they're not allowed to call you or email you on Monday. Because <laughs> Unless we gotta, the we... website is down, don't <laughs> <Yeah>. call me. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, if you're listening, thank you for listening. We are uh, officially 11 months old here at Swap Motor Live. Well, wow. we're, we're 11 months post-Transworld. We officially launched Swap Motor Live April 1st. But uh, thanks for listening, and please check out SwapMotorLive.com. Spread the word. Because I still meet people that go, yo, man, I haven't been able to find Transworld anywhere. So you can help us out, support our cause that way. Tell a friend about SwapMotorLive.com and support Anton, Chase, Wilson, Dahmer, and myself. Help us put donuts on the table. Yes, we need the donuts. Mm -hmm. So until next time, thanks for listening. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info.